think I never, I never thought about any of that stuff. I think you're just young and you feel like you're invincible. And I guess I was still in that state of mind. And so I never was connecting any dots between nutrition, exercise, what I was doing to my body, how that impacted not only physical health, but also mental health. I think I wasn't having any any conversations with myself about mental health. And you know, we all know alcohol is this depressant. It's like, well, of course it's difficult to be happy when you're consuming depressants constantly. Like that, that's really basic, right? But I think a lot of people don't necessarily connect that dot. I certainly wasn't. Whoa, baby, another week, another podcast that we're not getting paid for. Let's see, Isabel and I talk about using Instagram as a creative outlet, and it's probably more of an addiction if you ask us. We chat about America's most hated and loved holiday, Valentine's Day. That shit is whack if you ask me. And we talk to Ryan Hansen, founder and CEO of Shirley Wines, and he talks to us about being an entrepreneur and walks us through the dealcoholization process Say that five times fast, which is way over our heads. All right, let's go. Okay. Hey, look at us. We're back. Episode 16. This one's on us. How are you doing, Isabel? I'm pretty good. I've been going on my walks and it's really nice. It's sunny and beautiful and lovely. Um, Yeah, it feels good. I haven't been working out like all winter, I feel like, except for my walks and hikes. So... I got to get started on that, but for now, I'm just getting out there in nature, posting it on Instagram. I had a, I saw a meme that I wanted to send to you, I, or I was, I was maybe, I'll, it was so good, I wanted to actually repost it and not send it to you because I wanted credit for it. So, but it was something like, you know how we joke about that, like the meme, like, you're telling me this shrimp fried this rice, that it was like, you're telling mm-hmm. me this depression season, or like, you're telling me this season depression, this, I don't know, it was something about seasoning and seasonal depression. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me find it. Oh, this depression seasoned itself? I bet that's what it Maybe. is. Maybe. Let me look. Let me look at my save my save memes. <laughs> I got a million. And I was like, this is good. This is totally Isabel and her depression. Let's see. Where do we I think I'm on the other side. It's amazing. It feels really good over here. I need to just remind myself this lot next year because it was rough going through it. I just saw on my like archive that exactly three years ago, I guess, in 2020, um, was when I got my first tattoo and that this giant, ugly um, palm tree on the back of my arm. <laughs> you and every other and... barista in Silver Lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, I was, I was doing nothing that night. And then my friend like texted me and was like, Hey, like, I want to go get this tattoo. I made an appointment. Like, do you want to go with me? And I was like, sure. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get a tattoo too. So I knew I was going to get a palm tree because it was February and it was the middle of winter and I had seasonal depression and I was missing California because this is in DC and I was like okay I'll get one on my hand like this little tiny micro one on my hand and I'm there for like five minutes I was like fuck it put it on the back of my arm and it's like so ugly and thick (laughs) so I I can't believe that was three years ago I know so at least I got through this winter depression without getting a fugly tattoo <laughs> without getting the tattoo that everybody has it's cool it it, it looks good I, I actually like it um and you could always expand it oh, thanks but hey if it helped you if <laughs> no, it helped your like depression eight that's more fine. oh i got the meme it was a tweet it says you're telling me somebody seasoned this depression that's a good one <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> If I'm in a good mood, I might I might give it to you. Yeah. It's funny. I, I like <laughs> there's certain like themes that some of my friends have when they post their like memes and like stories. And um, sometimes I'll see something that's related to like the topics they usually like talk about, whether it's like food or sports related. And I'm like, ah, this isn't really like won't won't work for my for my audience. And so like I send it to them as if it's like like, you know, like you can have this one. This one. This one's on me. You can take this one. So you're a meme plug. Yeah, yeah, I'm a meme plug. I, I hand, you know, first one's it's like a drug dealer. First one's free, but then I start charging afterwards. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm here looking after everybody. Everybody is a storyteller in my book. Good. You know, I literally always say that though. Like I, I know, I know people talk about social media can be a toxic place and whatever. I totally get that. But like for me, I truly think of it as like a creative outlet and what like 
it's just fun. Like it's fun to just curate like interesting things to look at, like make your own little content. Like I really like not like take it seriously. My whole shtick is like not taking it seriously, but I do think it's like a genuinely fun outlet. And like, I find value in like when I'm, when I'm in a good mood and when I'm feeling creative, like I'm posting a lot on Instagram. It's like (laughs) the opposite of what people say like you know what I mean I know people always check up on us when we don't post for like two days I've had I've I've had that happen many 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 times I've had like my boy Brian be like dude like we were noticing you didn't post for like three days is everything okay I'm like yeah dude yeah I'm fine I just people pissing me off right now so I need a couple need a couple days or yeah or I was just busy yeah it's like that's how you know when somebody's I know when someone's going through it if 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 they're a serial poster and then they take like two days off like yo we need a a mental health check I'm like at my parents now obviously but when I wasn't when I was up in LA my mom would like literally text me if I didn't if I didn't post for a couple days and be like hey like I noticed you're like not online like is everything good I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm just living life sometimes though I would be like yeah I'm kind of going through it like I was I'm not feeling creative and that's where it comes out the the quickest and easiest you know yep totally so we had um, we got a, a nice little package sent to us from our friends at Athletic Brewing that you were you were the you're the one responsible for connecting us with them. Um, so thank you. Uh, they sent us a six pack. He's actually of, one of our one of our lovely listeners. He sent um, their Run Wild IPA and their Upside Dawn, which is a golden um, a golden brew. And they're really good. I was very impressed with them. I had tried one fla- different flavor a f- maybe like a month ago, and uh, it was really good. And a few of, a few of our friends have had them and recent, recently been telling me that they like them a lot. So um, we're all very impressed, which is why they're, why they're killing it right now. And they're all over the place. I can't open up Instagram without getting an ad. And like they're like all over the – like they're like getting placement in like normal grocery stores which is awesome. Um, yeah. And we had a we had a little chat with them, which I think we can share uh, uh, last week. I'm actually drinking. I'm drinking one right now. This is not a plug. I just happened to be drinking it. The sparkling hop water day pack. It's a mango one. But I like it because that hops flavor, like you can't, for me, I, like I feel like I can't differentiate alcohol from like that hoppy flavor. So like it mm-hmm. feels like I'm drinking something alcoholic. So is that like a hop water? Like a Yeah. Cuz it doesn't taste sparkling water infused with hops. Ooh, that sounds good. I need Mango. to try that one. Day pack. I got to try that. Yep. So it's less that less of a like a beer taste and more of like a sparkling water with a hoppy flavor. Like a seltzer. It tastes Ooh. like like a seltzer, I would say. See, I think I, I I like those. Like that's I feel like more my speed. Um but but yeah, that sounds Sounds good. So shout out, yeah. shout out to the guys at uh, guys and gals at Athletic Brewing. Y'all the best. I got to tour their brewery down here in San Diego. They're based down here, so I got to go down and pop on a really attractive hairnet and some <laughs> plastic goggles things, and tour their like massive, massive brewery. Isabel's the cafeteria really lady cool. you always wanted in your life. <laughs> She looks great with the hairnet. <laughs> the hairnet was bright red, and so like I sent it to my family, and I think I sent it to you and a couple people, and the picture, and like three people were like, "Oh my god, I thought you dyed your hair red." I was like, "No, guys, I'm okay. I promise." The seasonal I didn't depression dye my is hitting hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but no, it was so fun and massive, and it's actually where uh, Ballast Point Brewery used to be. So there's like a ton of breweries down here in san diego and so they took mm-hmm. over that warehouse um and i wasn't allowed to take too much pictures or footage but um just of myself and my hair <laughs> um but yeah athletic yeah. is killing it and they have an amazing production out there so it was really cool to see all the the like you know production line and the cans and just like how big that massive operation is yep. okay so I know we've talked about dry January ad nauseum. Today's February first, so we're moving on from that. But I hope we, uh, I hope we start to see people keep their keep that like that rhythm of um, adjusting their alcohol intake. Maybe you know, maybe 
maybe this is the the start yeah. of a trend actually um mina texted our group chat like 10 minutes ago and she was like oh my god i just realized i i did dry january oh, yeah. she was like that was so easy yeah and she like literally wasn't even like clocking down the days by the end she was like oh my god i did it so we should text our yeah. friends that did dry january and i was like a congratulatory uh you made it 30, 31 yeah, days. You did, you did it. It's not that hard. I bet your skin's I glistening didn't even do and it. glowing. <laughs> this bitch Isabel didn't even do it. Jeez. Oh man. She's like it. the pastor that like hands out the collection plate. Like <laughs> <laughs> the Lord will know your sins. I'm on have you ever seen that that um Instagram sneaker? preacher sneakers or whatever yeah they, yeah i have like a t-shirt they... <laughs> from our previous guest dan who he interviewed oh. him for his documentary yeah it's like preacher sneakers yeah, or something like that's that. that's me yeah isabel's mm -hmm. dipping her hand in the collection plate to pay for her, her nasty ass nail colors for that my sins yeah repent pay for my sins. Sins. yeah jesus um, did not die on the cross for isabel to steal from the collection plate how many drinks do you think you had all month Mm. don't bullshit honestly the amount of days i drank was probably like six okay and how many drinks collectively maybe, do maybe you seven. think and and don't don't be you know what i would have would have i would have been real like it would have been a very small number if it wasn't for this weekend because i went to mammoth and i did a lot a little opera ski that we talked about um so my my numbers are a little skewed there because i definitely mm -hmm. had like several <laughs> this weekend okay but how many uh no hangovers right in january no hangovers no That's no good. hangovers in jan wow that feels amazing to say look at you that's good. That's good. Fortunately, you know what I did. I only drink wine. And usually I would chuck back some martinis at the least. So that's probably why I haven't had a hangover. <laughs> I was a big martini gal for a while. Like I would do Hendrix slightly dirty martini. How many olives? Bad. Like two. Two. And you, if I was hungry, you... I would ask the bartender for extra. <laughs> Hey, throw, like, throw some more in there like i'm waiting for my table here <laughs> i'm hungry this gal this gal's on a budget the recession <laughs> inflation gal, yeah. so what do we got what else we got uh, i don't know we're really fucking pulling it out of our ass here it's february do you have a valentine no valentine it's just another sad month of just me myself and i that's it no Aww. no valentine I, I i don't like valentines I that's i mean you know how we we talked about how i don't like like holidays, holidays and like valentines mm -hmm. is probably one of the worst ones up there because of the whole like you know hallmark <laughs> created it like conspiracy theory oh boo hoo uh, <laughs> humbug but no it's i you know what's funny is in the past i've definitely been strategic of asking people out asking girls out until after like february 14th you don't want the pressure yeah especially if it's like if it's a new you know if it's like a new thing if it's a new person you meet then yeah i always would like if i met someone in mm -hmm. january i would typically wait until like after because i'm just like yeah i don't know i just i don't want to go to a <laughs> shitty freaking italian restaurant around a bunch of other losers having this shitty meal that they're upcharging you for and then oh every, and then you're going to go home and try to have intercourse with a full stomach like nah that just sounds horrible like what what's the point just stay home you know like my oh my, my friends God. my friends um what who is it oh Brent and Bailey uh they do they always do dinner at home and every year they they just swap back and forth with like this year between cooking like, yeah like bread will cook and then next year bailey invite and back and forth and i think that's sweet i think that's like you know i don't know it's better than going out to a, a restaurant that is gonna just be like packed with people and you have to get a reservation and like just all the hassle yeah. i mean everybody does that for like that. yeah like you don't need to go to an expensive bougie restaurant to show up on your ig story that no one's gonna give a shit about. I so. feel like those are the lamest Valentines. I feel like it's always sweet to like do something at home or like do a picnic or yeah. like go somewhere, do a trip or something. Yeah, I sure. love Valentine's Day. I don't know why. I think it's sweet. 
I was feeling the February love today. I was making myself a little slow dance playlist. I, I saw your in, I saw you posted that on your Instagram story and I was like, oh, this girl's she's in a she's getting out of her crawling out of the seasonal depression, going into her like her romance. <laughs> like, woo! Yeah, I really do. I like I think it's sweet. I think it's sweet to celebrate love. I don't think I've been done like a Valentine's Day date in like nine years, probably. So well, you were married before. I mean, earlier than that. No. Well, OK, it's I got divorced. In, you didn't get divorced nine years ago. And I got divorced in 2015. So five, six, Damn, seven, that's eight years, eight. Yeah. Seven. It's around eight. seven, eight years. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. So I, haven't, I haven't had like a Valentine's Day like date like going out and doing all the presents and all that stuff uh i brought i bought a girl some flowers last year that i was i was seeing um and we just like hung out a shouty uh, yeah something more than a shouty i think i would definitely say but it was oh. um shouty 2.0 <laughs> shouty is like more of like a what's the call. next what's this next step up of a shouty i think i mean a shouty a, sh a honey shouty. yeah I would say, yeah, shouty is like, going to be like that's the beginning. my shouty. But no, I mean, it's that's a very like diverse term because I, I could have a girlfriend. And I could be like, yo, that's my shouty. But like also if right. I just met a girl one night and then the next day I'm with my buddies and I was like, I could be like, oh, I met a sh met this little shouty last night. So it can kind of work, work both ways. Yeah, that's true. But this is OK. You bring up a good thing, a good like topic or question. So. I've always wondered about the hierarchy of like relationship words and like statuses. And so you tell me if, if mm -hmm. I'm off here or like how you would rank them. So I feel like it starts off with, I'm talking to somebody like the talking stage. And then from there, mm -hmm. I would say we're dating, dating. And then, yeah. and then after dating, I feel like there's like another little bump, minor bump that would go to like, we're seeing each other. I don't know if like mm -hmm. seeing each other, they, those could be like equal. Those and could dating be equal. are the same. They're kind of the same, right? Okay. To me. And then from that, the next step up would be like boyfriend, girlfriend, like you're in a committed relationship. relationship. It's a relationship. Does that sound accurate? Because I feel like the like dating and what do you say? Seeing, seeing each, each other. other and dating. Um, so that, yeah, that sounds I right. Think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then marriage. And then after so that, is, marriage. And then after so that, what divorce. Is talk <laughs> that's, 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 that's how it goes. That's the circle of relationships. That's the circle. And then you start right back over again. But instead of, you know, having a house, then you're in a, you're in your own apartment with like five cats. And then you start. You really do recirculate the cycle. Yeah. It's a circle of life. Yeah, get that prenup. Wow. We want prenup. We want prenup. <laughs> what a romantic talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I'm single. Yeah. Um, okay. What, what about you? Do you have any any good Valentine's? Day? We said we were not going to talk about Valentine's Day because it's too early, but here we are talking about Valentine's Day. Um, while we're at it, have you have you had any horrible Valentine's Day dates, or are they all pretty decent? Um, well, I actually just remember one recently because this this chick randomly texted me and or like commented on something and A was chick. like, "Remember mm, when? Hot. I like where this is going. <laughs> remember when we went on like a double Valentine's Day date? This was literally from high school. So I I remember because I was pissed off at my my high school boyfriend." He, it was like, you know, back in high school, it's like you sometimes like go on a date and you like go to dinner. We went to some <laughs> trendy restaurant. We're like 17. Olive, Olive Garden. And <laughs> yeah, it was actually like, I, it was like cute at night. It was like in Little Italy and it like made him go there. And then he invited his fucking friend. And I was like, why this is Valentine's Day? He brought a and friend? His friend. Yeah, no, well, like he invited, like he made it a double date. And I was like, it's Valentine's Day. Like, I don't want to do a double date. And it was like his friend that he like sold weed with. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm just on this fucking like double date with this dude that I only see like at like midnight when he's like counting weed in his fucking garage. Oh, wow. So you that was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, I had good Valentine's. Like, I mean, I was like in a relationship like every year until like three years ago, actually. And then 
Hmm. I think I had just some casual moments after that. <laughs> Here's Isabel just comb, casually combing over the details, the yada yadas. <laughs> yeah, we know. The dot, dot, dot. The dot, dot, dot. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Okay, yeah, got to be a, to to live in Isabel's <laughs> shoes. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome to the show. On today's episode, we have our new friend Ryan Hansen. He is the founder of Shirley Wines, a non-alcoholic wine company. Uh, based in Austin, Texas. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, no, you are not wrong. We are we are based in Austin, but we also have uh, a good amount of employees in California wine country. So I actually lived yeah. in Calistoga, which is northern Napa County, for kind of the first year to get this company off the ground. So I kind of I kind of say that we're kind of got roots in in wine in California wine country, but then also Austin, Texas as well. Kind of like. Uh, Texas entrepreneurial spirit with uh, grapes from California. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I love that spin. Yeah. Um, amazing. Well, did you grow up in, in Austin? No. So I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio and uh, moved to Austin in 2017. So it was kind of a, a journey to get there, I, I guess. I think I was born and raised in Cleveland, went to school in Ohio and I guess wasn't really thinking outside of kind of my my box for for a long time um, in Ohio and took my first job uh, out of college. I was a finance major uh, and didn't really put a lot of thought into that either. I was just kind of like going through the, through the motions of life. So like just got a job at a big bank in Cleveland because that's just like what what you do, whatever. And uh, I think I was kind of starting to get burned out with kind of the, the corporate life, but what, wasn't really sure how to how to get out of it. Uh, and I remember there was actually. One winter, I was living with my buddy. It was actually above a bar. It was so cold. I think it was the coldest winter in like 20 years in Cleveland. We had no heat for like three days. We were sleeping next to each other on the couch in like ski gear. like, And then like going up and going to work, like like that's normal. And I was like, I, I gotta, this has gotta be over. And I, I yeah, way. I knew somebody um, whose dad had a company in Florida and I just took that job and was like, screw it. I'm going to Florida. This is going to be my first kind of, I'm going to get outside of my comfort zone. And so I went down to Florida and was there for, in like Gainesville and Miami, Florida for about a year and a half, two years. Then I was pretty nomadic for a while. I was actually spent some time in Los Angeles. I was in San Francisco for a little bit. I was in Nashville. Um, and then finally kind of stumbled upon Austin in like 2017, 2018. And started to really build some roots here. Awesome. I can imagine it's an inspiring place to be right now. I know like, you know, being in Southern California, I feel like for a while people were moving to Austin, like Nashville and Seattle, like just kind of the the hubs where there's a lot a lot of startups happening, a lot of creativity. Like did you feel that immediately when you moved to Austin? Yeah, I felt that immediately. I joined a startup and I think Austin's the startup community here is really strong. And kind of like you said, a lot of people are mm -hmm. in a similar situation. So when you talk about going out and being social, like everybody's kind of in the same boat of, hey, I just showed up here in the last one, two, three years. I'm trying to build community. Um, and I think there's a general like openness about it that I think is um, really welcoming. And so I was fortunate enough to join a startup um, that was at a stage where we were kind of young and growing and it was really cool to get close with with those people and then kind of branch out to the rest of kind of this growing Austin community. It's kind of crazy. Even I moved here and I guess it was the end of 2017 and like how much it's grown since then. Uh, it's just been wild to see. Mm -hmm. Even when I like left for a year and came back, it was like, wow, like there's like a lot of shit that wasn't that's here that wasn't here before. Um, and it's just kind of continuing on this pace, which there's definitely pros and cons to that. Yeah. My mom actually grew up in, in Austin. So I grew up going there for Christmas. Um, and I always would like, but it was like such a more college town, I feel like when I was younger and like growing up going there, um, where I only visited for the first time last year, like as an adult to kind of like check out the scene. So I went to South by and it was, it was a great time. But the same thing I was like, 
I, I think every single person here is my age and doing the same stuff. And it, it definitely felt like a, a, I felt the energy of the community for sure. Yeah, I, was, um, I had a conversation with somebody who went to college at UT back in the day and they were like, when I went here for college, you wanted to take a girl out to a white tablecloth dinner. You had to drive 60 miles, like <laughs> something, something crazy <laughs> like that. So that's like where the town's gone from like, you know, that to like five-star restaurants everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Ryan, I'd love to hear about, you know, you kind of talked about how you started in Austin within the startup. And then I'd love to hear about that transition from that, that, that job to, you know, what made you want to want to start Shirley Wines and uh, kind of that the story behind your company. Yeah, so I think for me, the journey to Shirley probably just starts with, you know, my own relationship with alcohol. I think I was somebody who, you know, started drinking really young, um, you know, definitely partied a bunch in college, continued that after college. I think I was one of those people who thought, oh, like, you'll just turn this off. Like, that'll be easy. And I think it was just this continuation in my 20s. I think I started to have that a realization that this I wasn't on a great path for myself, um, but I wasn't sure exactly what to do about that. I actually think that that move to Florida was kind of me like, hey, I need to get out of this environment and figure out like a way to be like healthier. I just didn't have the confidence to really, I think, enact the change that I was looking for at the time. So I think I moved to to Florida. Maybe I was like twenty five, um, and uh, I. In Florida, actually, like I got a DUI down there, um, you know, so there was like all those things of like, okay, like this isn't really under control, had to go through that whole process um, and was doing that very like nomadic life that I told you where I was just like bouncing around all these different kind of places. And um, I think I was really kind of searching for, um, you know, what what is the next step that I need to take? and. I was actually in LA living with a friend on his couch. Um, and like, I mean, I was postmating at the time. Um, so I was, I was, you know, making nothing, um, living on his couch <laughs> and like really starting to kind of reach rock bottom for sure. Um, and knew I wanted to make a change. Uh, I was also like in a ton of debt. Uh, I was like, you know, getting close to bankruptcy. And it was uh, kind of one of these kind of epiphany moments, I guess, where the the couple I was living with, she was British. Um, they, they went to go see her family in London. And I think it was the first time that I had like a place to myself in a really long time. So I just kind of had that, that peace and solace to kind of sit there and be like, what the hell's going on in my life? And I was writing a lot at the time and I was just kind of writing this story about my own life and kind of all the crazy stories and kind of all the travels and all the ups and all the downs. And I remember just like sitting there and being like, wow, this is the most depressing story. I've <laughs> like, if I was watching this movie, I would be screaming at this person and being like, yo, what are you doing? This is, this, this is not the way to go. Like go, go left, don't go right. And I really just broke down at that point. And I don't know what it was, but it kind of just came over me that uh, I needed to make some some really significant changes. And for me, that meant just removing alcohol from my life. And so that was in, um, I forget what year that was, but I guess that was in the beginning of 2017. And, you know, at least for me, it was very, my, my confidence level that that was the move was so high. Like I woke up the next day feeling so good about just getting that off my chest. I called a couple of people that were really close to me. They were like, gave me just really great kind of support and feedback. And I was just kind of off to the races in this completely kind of new mindset. And I remember I picked up my friends from that were coming back from London and they were like, yo, you're glowing right now. Like you, you look completely different than you did when <laughs> you dropped us off at the airport. Like what the hell happened? And, wow. um, you know, I, I just, I think I, I didn't care about all the stuff that I think I used to care about. Um, and I went back, uh, I actually drove back home to Cleveland to kind of like reset some roots there. And then I drove down to Dallas to go hang out with uh, a buddy who was like, Hey, kind of heard about your story. You can come crash with me, whatever. And I knew that Dallas was going to be a short term thing for me. And so I was kind of looking like, Hey, could Austin, that might be a city that could be a really good fresh start for me. Um, 
And I got really lucky. I just, I was on AngelList actually, and I'd, I'd had a, like a corporate finance background. So I was like, okay, I think I can leverage that um, to get a job at a startup. And I got connected with uh, the person that I co-founded Shirley with, and he had another startup in the keto space at the time. Um, and I was a convinced him to bring me on to be kind of like the finance guy, um, uh, early employee. And we helped grow that business for, for two and a half years and became really close and had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I remember when I had my first interview with him, I told him I'm coming down to Austin because I want to start my own business one day, which was pretty lofty from where I was coming from. Uh, but I really just believed it. And he's been a great mentor and a great friend to me. Uh, his name is Justin Mares and, uh, after two and a half years, we had kind of kicked around a bunch of ideas about starting our own project together. And we'd seen what was going on in kind of beer and spirits and kind of what was just going on more largely in kind of this non-alcoholic movement. And I was somebody in Austin who was going out a bunch and was personally frustrated about just the lack of options or just kind of citrus and sugar as kind of being the, the NA option. And um, wanted to see uh, if we could do something a little bit more kind of elevated, sophisticated than that. And so we knew some people in our network that uh, had connections to the wine world. And we just started to kind of play around with this non-alcoholic sparkling rosé. And we got to a point where we're ready to just like test it. Since it's non-alcoholic, you can like sell it online to anybody. And the first, our first production run sold out in like 30 days. And we're like, wow, uh, that's crazy. And I left my left my job and went full time in on Shirley, and this is kind of our third year in op operations. Wow, that's inspiring right there <laughs> in itself. Um, uh, so, like, so when would you say you started noticing the the NA space becoming a movement? Because for us, like, we didn't. I mean, of course, we've all heard of like non alcoholic beer over the years, from like the old duels to like the Heineken zeros and stuff like that, and then obviously. Like for us personally, words, I mean, I didn't even know non-alcoholic wine was even a, a product until probably September, which just shows like my ignorance. And um, now, of course, we're seeing it everywhere and it's becoming more mainstream. When, when for you personally, did that, did you start to kind of see that kind of become, you know, a, a thing and maybe a trend and um, that I guess maybe gave you that confidence to say, hey, this is actually a product that that could work. Yeah, I when I stopped drinking, I just was like, cool, I'm good with water. Like, I'm good with that, whatever. Maybe I'll get a soda, water with a lime. I wasn't really exploring kind of the new craft NA space. Uh, this was 2017, I guess. I remember when I moved to Austin really early on, Justin, actually, we were at a bar and he was like, hey, taste this. And it was like a, a like a shot of seed lip, like straight up or something weird like that. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, I, I would never, I don't really need to buy that, but like, cool, thanks. Um, <laughs> like it just, and I think that goes to show like at that point, the, like the bar staff just wasn't super educated on like what these things were, how to use them, who would order them, like what to mix it with, like how to craft a cocktail with NA ingredients and not alcoholic ingredients. And I think like the ratios are different, the taste profiles are different. Um, so, you know, I had never heard of, I, I knew non-alcoholic beers existed, kind of to your point, like I think everybody was aware of O'Doul's and kind of some of the others, but um, I think it wasn't until Justin and I started to kind of say, hey, Athletic and Seedlip, I think were the first kind of companies that turned our attention to like, oh, there's like quality products now and people know how to use them and like bars are starting to carry them, especially in cities like, you know, Austin and some of the more like progressive metro areas. Um, and so I think that was kind of our first awareness and the light bulb went off. And, you know, now I've really spent the last two years um, getting really familiar with the space. Did you always want to do wine? Like, was that something you missed when you stopped drinking? I think it was... For me, it was more of, I never was really into beer ever anyway. Um, and I think for wine, mm -hmm. we were interested in it just because it felt a little bit more straightforward and approachable where it was kind of like, you know, you, you crack a bottle of wine and uh, pour it and like, that's it. There doesn't, doesn't need to be any mixology or anything like that. I think it was just really an approachable thing that also too, as we started to 
do some early business work on like customer survey data, like, hey, what what would you like to see? A lot of people were like, we would love a great non-alcoholic wine. Um, and I think similar to beer, there, there was and there has been non-alcoholic wine for a, a decent amount of time. It just wasn't, it was kind of more on the O'Doul's level of quality. Um, and so I think we just felt like, okay, this seems like a really interesting space to explore. And you know, I, my appreciation for wine, I wouldn't say was that deep, but as soon as I started, surely I quickly realized I had no idea how to run wine production, hence the move to wine country to kind of figure this out. And so I was just surrounded myself for a year with winemakers, people in wine production. Um, you know, I was with these people every single day doing wine tastings. And uh, I, I really started to gain an appreciation for kind of the craft of wine. And then I would also say that in an interesting way, it gave me an appreciation for ethanol as an ingredient which made me kind of under like have a more of an appreciation for like a well-crafted wine or cocktail or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think before, you know, I was just drinking to drink. I wasn't like really approaching it in that way. And so I think it, it kind of came full circle to me, the whole like reframing and appreciation. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of background about how we, how we got into wine specifically. So one of the things that, I was, I've just been learning about the non-alcoholic wine is that you actually, that you de-alkalize the wine. And if you could just talk a little bit about what that process is, because it just seems so like foreign to me and crazy. And like, I'm like, wait, what? They, they, they extract the alcohol. So uh, I'd love for you to be able to like, kind of give us a, you know, dumb it down. We're not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So <laughs> however you can explain it to, to, in simple terms, I, I'd love to hear how that process um no, for sure. I, I had the same questions that you did when we got started. So um, there's effectively, I think, three approaches that you're seeing in the non-alcoholic wine market today. Uh, you can do dealkalization two different ways. You can use vacuum distillation or reverse osmosis. And then uh, there's also, I would call, kind of this approach that they're effectively building the wine from the ground up without dealkalized wine, actually. So it's kind of like this category of wine proxies or wine adjacent that more uses juices, teas, spices, herbs, and like a lot of other things you'll just find in kind of, I guess, more complex beverages um, to kind of build a wine-like experience without any dealkalized wine. At Shirley specifically, we wanted to create something that we felt like uh, would get pretty close to kind of like a one-to-one -one match or as close as we possibly could. And so we felt like but after testing a lot of different approaches, we felt that the vacuum distillation method was producing the best results for us. So for example, our sparkling rosé, we, we were modeling that after sparkling rosés that you know we liked or the wine team liked or the customers indicated they liked. And so what that really means is um, if you're going to make a dealkalized wine product, to your point, everybody comes to me and says, how is non-alcoholic wine different than grape juice? Uh, and so the, the really short answer is it's <laughs> fermentation. It's the same difference why, you know, grape juice is different than wine. So our wines go through that same, you know, traditional fermentation process to take grape, grape juice and turn it into wine. And for surely there's extra steps on the back end, which include this deathalization um, uh, through vacuum distillation um, that I mentioned. And then we have a team of winemakers. And then we also have uh, like flavor chemists working on this project to effectively build back um, the wine to to get as close as possible to its original kind of texture, structure, aromatics, and flavor profile. Um, so yeah, it is kind of like this like magical kind of like thing. Like what you just like zap out like the alcohol. Like how the hell does that happen? Um, so I get that question a lot, and, and there's definitely um, a lot of technology behind it. Um, what's interesting is that the dealkalization process is been around in wine country for a really long time. It actually was traditionally used to take a Cabernet, for example, that maybe came out at too high of an alcohol level for what the winemaker wanted it. So if it landed at, you know, 16% post-fermentation and they wanted it to be at 15%, they actually dealkalized down to like 15%. And it, it's not until recently that some of these companies are like, hey, we could actually use that to create non-alcoholic wine. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm leaving that to you guys. <laughs> 
like, I feel yeah. like I need to yeah. look at a YouTube video. Visual learner. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't pass chemistry, so this. But, but you explained it very well. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I was like, do I need to restate I, that? Because uh, it makes sense to me. But yeah. if you're like, that made no sense. We can redo it. No, no. no. This is why we leave it to the experts. Um, I'd love to go back to that that moment that you had um, about kind of just like laying it all out there, writing your own story and looking at it objectively and that kind of being the catalyst to really changing your life. And you said, you know, you kind of decided I need to eliminate alcohol from my life. I, I sort of had a similar moment last year. Like we talked about earlier, I still do drink, um, but I very much just have this realization where this is the one factor I can control and I need to get my life together. And if I eliminate this, like, let me see what I can do. Right. Um, so obviously from that moment to now you've started a company and you've, you've, you know, turned it around and, and was able to, you're achieving your dreams. Right. Um, would you say that eliminating alcohol was the one factor that kind of kickstarted that? Um, or was there anything else going on in that moment, um, that helped you get to where you are now? Yeah, I think it was the kickstart for sure. And I, and it was a kickstart to me really getting my health back in order. Um, so it, to your point, mm -hmm. it, it is the variable that you can control. And I think I never, I never thought about any of that stuff. I think you're just young and you feel like you're invincible. And I guess I was still in that state mm -hmm. of mind. And so I never was connecting any dots between, you know, nutrition, exercise, what I was doing to my body, how that impacted not only physical health, but also mental health. I think I wasn't having any, any conversations with myself about mental health. And, you know, we all know alcohol is this depressant. It's like, well, of course it's difficult to be happy when you're consuming depressants constantly like that. That's really basic. Right. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily connect that dot. I certainly wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a great experience for me to go to kind of have that personal experience and then go to a company that was in this health and wellness space in, in Austin. And we were really kind of preaching, um, I guess, or trying to educate uh, customers on how to use keto to get their own kind of health and wellness in line. And so I was surrounded by a lot of people on a daily basis that were having conversations about how diet and exercise impacts your physical and mental health. And so I think the appreciation and the knowledge, uh, I, I was able to take that with my own personal experience and really transform just my day to day, whether it be um, kind of what I eat, how I sleep, you know, exercise routine, like all these things that have given me consistency and stability. I think that that's what I was really looking for. Like I had no consistency. Um, I always talk about how it was always you know, one step forward, two steps back, and you're just not really ever making any progress with that. And I think once I was able to dial in a routine for myself, like a healthy routine for myself, I was able to make really amazing strides in, in, a, in a really short period of time relative to where I was. It sounds like being in that company also gave you accountability, right? Like surrounding yourself with people that were also in that mindset. Yeah, I think that was huge. Yeah. Um, the, the community you surround yourself with, it starts to get contagious for sure. I think everybody, mm -hmm. you know, there's the the saying or whatever, you're, you're a reflection of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. And I went from spending a lot of time with a, kind of a certain group of people with certain kind of ideals and, and certain routines and habits mm -hmm. to uh, a, a completely different set of people with very different sets of routines and habits. And I, I know that that was certainly a factor in kind of me just pushing myself to to feel like I should be raising the bar higher for myself like I could do more than than I was. We've had a couple of guests who who say like something similar in terms of like you literally woke up the next day and like your brain kind of shifted like I know we had a guest that said they feel like hypnotized that they hypnotize themselves they're like and I've sort of had that feeling of like, I'm kind of addicted to not being hungover to literally the clarity of waking up in the morning. Would you say it, that kind of happened for you like a brain switch? I think that's 100% what it is for me. I'm, I'm now addicted to the benefits of not drinking in, in a way that I don't want to mm -hmm. give those up. And to me, a hangover sounds so miserable, so unproductive and so misaligned with everything I'm trying to accomplish. It just doesn't even seem like like an option. It just seems like so 
out there out out there in some world that I'm like not interested in exploring. Totally. Yeah. Oh man. I know I we were talking about like over these past, you know, since we've kind of started this process, we're like like we're kind of staying in a little bit more, not going out as much. And like we've had um, you know, we've had moments where we'd go out for like friends' birthdays and we stay out late. And like I'm like, dude, I have I got a hangover just from like staying out too late or like going to bed too late. And it's just like the thought of like mixing that with alcohol now is just like, I don't know. I, I, I want no part of that at all. Like the thought of a, a hangover again is, is like, no, thanks. You know, I'm good. Yeah. I think as soon as you're able to get comfortable with the social piece of it, then the equation really starts to get lopsided in terms of like, Oh, it'd be way better for me not to drink. Cause I'm already over the social thing. And there's only like, I just got this negative side effect kind of looming the next day. Like as long as you're having a good time, then like, I think that's where people start to become obsessed with the benefits where they're able to get a couple uh, runs of that and wake up the next day and be like, wow, I had a great time last night and I feel amazing this morning. Like that's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, you know, we see a lot of, you know, Isabel and I, we, you know, we brainstorm different ideas, whether it's like, you know, you know, fun side projects or business ventures. And I feel like in the past couple of years, there's been this emphasis on like entrepreneurship and, you know, there's a lot more value maybe in starting your own company. And um, I'm just curious of like of some of the challenges that you faced while you you and Justin were kind of, you know, going through the, you know, the starting phases of Shirley. And I know it's still very you know, early on in the company, but um, would love to hear any any challenges that you guys have faced so that other people out there and even just like for us to hear that can be motivating because we, you know, all hit the, these barriers and these speed bumps as we're like trying to do whatever, whatever venture it might be. Um, so if there's anything that you can share with us of, you know, challenges throughout, you know, the past couple of years that you face and maybe, you know, overcome. Yeah, I think that one of the, the core challenges that any business is going to face day one is often going to be education. I think it can be, it can be twofold. It can be, uh, for us, we're a new category for a new product that most people have never heard of. So a lot of our education starts with what is non-alcoholic wine. A lot of the questions we're covering here, how is it different than grape juice? How does it get done? You know, why should I pay the same price for it, et cetera? You know, I think on the other hand, if you're going to operate in a category that already exists, it's a lot of why we're different, why we're better, why you should choose us type of education that always is really important in the early stages of any business. So we spend a lot of time trying to be effective and creative communicators to the core questions that our customers are asking us. And those customers could be, you know, direct customers we're interacting with online. It could be retailers, it could be bar managers, whoever we think surely might be a good fit for, uh, or, or who has expressed interest in, in non-alcoholic wine for whatever reason. So uh, that's that's definitely a challenge, but I think it's the fun part of, of building a business. And I think my advice to, to anybody starting a business would just be, you know, be an amazing listener to your customers, like sit there and listen and really take their feedback in. I, I think so much of, for me as an entrepreneur running a business, I find that often the answers to the problems I'm trying to solve lie with uh, the customers or the employees who are kind of on the front line with whatever kind of their roles and responsibilities are the business. So I try to be a really good listener to, you know, not only the customers, but the employees as well, because um, they just have amazing insights about how we can solve these problems and continue to progress the business. I know we always talk about like having thick skin and we think we're so like, we're, we think we're so tough over here. And then like we get one like, you know, not like a four out of five star review on the podcast and we're like oh man <laughs> shit no, nobody likes us you know <laughs> and um, so yeah I mean that's that's always I'm, I'm always curious to hear what people have to say because obviously there's a lot of challenges and you know uh, adversity that you'll you'll face while, while launching a, a company um, um what? what do you see for for the the future where, where where would you like to take this brand I know it's still early on and you guys, I mean, I get Instagram ads from you guys like crazy. I'm seeing you on Instagram all the time, you know, online. Um, so, you know, clearly you guys are doing doing a lot right. Um, I'm just curious of like where you guys see this company going or where, or where would you like it to be, um, you know, let's, you know, a couple of years down the line. 
for for us, I always said from day one that our goal was to um, kind of make this a true option for people. Uh, I kind of mentioned that was the personal frustration I had was there's just not good options. And for me, the way that you deliver uh, non-alcoholic wine is a true option is one, it's got to taste good and true. And two, it's got to be available when you want it. And so we've worked a lot on product development in the last couple of years to get something that we feel really hits the mark on um, from a taste profile perspective. And so now having it available when you want it is figuring out how to get it, you know, in the grocery stores, um, at the bar, um, you know, at the concert venue and having it truly be accessible for people to kind of easily interact with. I think for us, the, the dream scenario is maybe you do see us um, uh, on an Instagram ad and maybe that's how you discover us originally, but then you go into your local grocery store and it's there and you try it and you like it, but then you go to your favorite restaurant and it's there, it's on the menu. Uh, I've been writing a little bit more kind of about the space. And one of the things I, I posted today was just, you know, if 35% or 40% of people don't drink, then why, why do retailers and bar menus carve out such a small fraction of that um, for, for like their drink? Menu? Like if that's really the data and it's all trending in a direction where that number is going to grow, then I think for me, really big picture, it would be amazing to have a world where, uh, you know, 40% of the wine section is it's not alcoholic wine, if that's what the data says, um, or the bar menu has, you know, half of it is really cool non-alcoholic options, and the bartender is just as educated on how to make really cool NA drinks as they are kind of alcoholic drinks. So that's kind of the, the, the big vision, I think, that we're shooting for. Um, and I think we're trying to just create really good products that people are going to enjoy that are going to help uh, get to that new, new phase. We've, we've been noticing when we like go out to like, we'll always share like our stories. I mean, I'm in LA, Isabel's in San Diego. So like throughout the week and we're like, oh, we went here. Oh, did they have a non-alcoholic option? You know, like we're definitely noticing that more while we are, you know, going out because it's just so top of mind. And I'm getting to the point where like, I'm getting frustrated now because to your point, it's like you have this huge, you know, menu and then at the bottom, it's the non-alcoholic options. But for the most part, it's literally just like soda and like lemonade or you can ask for club soda. And it's like, that's not what yeah. I'm looking for. Like, I want something like, I want something that's going to like, you know, give me this, these different flavors and make me feel like I'm included. I'm with my buddies that are also having maybe a mixed drink. And, you know, maybe I want like a mixed cocktail or a non-alcoholic wine that's, you know, separate from my club, you know, the six club sodas I'm going to have that night. Um, yeah, and it's like the so, yeah, experience the... of of like ordering it. Like it's it's always awkward to kind of like have to ask for a separate like non-alc menu or like I don't know if it's kind of all included and there's an equal balance of alcoholic drinks and non-alcoholic drinks. I feel like it's way less awkward <laughs> to just order it um, along with your friends who are drinking. And I think what they serve it to you in. I feel like you know sometimes mm -hmm. I get these like ridiculous. <laughs> like vessels of this something, some crazy non-alcoholic thing that the bartender made up that just looks like a kid's drink um, or like 1970s <laughs> Florida or something straw. like that. Yeah, exactly. My eyes, I don't want to be seen with this right now. This is, this yeah. is my jam. <laughs> um, we, I noticed on your website, you have a whole section with like blog posts and about, it seems like wellness is really important to your company as well. Um, and it makes sense talking with you since you kind of started from that space. Um, and it's something that helps you upkeep yourself and your business. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the wellness space uh, means to you guys at Shirley and how you're trying to emphasize that through your brand? Yeah, I think Justin had this quote uh, at one point uh, where we were talking about Shirley and it's like alcohol is the one thing that all healthy people do. Uh, like there a lot of people that they, they're dialed in on everything. Like they go to CrossFit five days a week. They're like doing everything during the week. And then they're like <laughs> drinking alcohol on Friday. And it like, you know, it, and, and so I think we were just kind of in this world, you know, building businesses in this space. And I think a lot of people were uh, starting to come to the realization that, hey, like, is there a way for me to kind of like maintain kind of my healthy lifestyle and still not lose the social ability of it? I think that the conundrum of drinking for me is that 
it combines something that we all know is objectively not healthy for us, which is consuming alcohol, with something that mm -hmm. is one of the healthiest things for us, which is like socializing with our friends. And so that to me is really why this whole conundrum exists. And so I think for us at Shirley, it's like, how do we create a product that allows you to kind of have the best of both worlds? Um, and yeah, I think wellness, um, kind of just like overall, um, kind of like holistic wellness for us, uh, we feel like that that is, um, you know, like the alcohol is just not super supportive of a lot of the, the health pillars that I, I think uh, kind of we believe in, like it doesn't like your, your sleep is significantly impacted by it. Mm -hmm. um, your metabolism is significantly impacted by it. So, um, you know, I think I've just found when I've gotten my health in, in check, I've been able to uh, be the happiest and be the most productive and be kind of the best version of myself. And so we really just want to create products that make it easier for people to achieve those goals for themselves. I think really great kind of health and wellness consumer brands, are, they're, they're making that journey easier for people. And I think that, you know, we talked about 2017, getting a shot of seed lip like that, that, you know, wasn't doing the best job of making it easier for people to go out and get an NA drink. I think certainly all these brands in, in the last couple of years have made it much easier to go out and enjoy um, a non-alcoholic beverage. Um, and I think we still got a, a good amount to go, uh, but I'm really excited about kind of the trajectory we're on and all the, the progress that's been made in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's amazing. I know we're like deep in dry January, so we I definitely had a lot of conversations um, with people that are realizing it's just a, like you said, like it's a catalyst to thinking about your entire wellness and like, you know, coming out of COVID, I think it was the top of mind for a lot of people too, because all of a sudden we had this chance to like slow down, think, reevaluate, think about um, what's important to us and, and kind of have the opportunity to, to reset if you, if you needed to. And it's always, it seems like um, across the board, it's a good a good place to start. It's something you can start with. Um, so you mentioned you did three straight years of sobriety. Um, what is your relationship like now? Yeah, for me, so one, just to go back really quick, another thing I always tell people is like we were in like the keto diet business, keto, paleo, not drinking alcohol is the most guaranteed diet like ever, like no one will not, <laughs> no one will not get results from that diet of drinking less. Mm -hmm. um, but for me now, you know, I I'm somebody who I think we talked, I talked about a lot about kind of appreciation, um, mm -hmm. you know, for, for wine and kind of the craft behind it. Um, I I'm somebody who I, I would describe myself as I rarely drink. Uh, I prefer NA. Uh, I'm really, like I said, enthusiastic about this space. I, I do seek out going to places that have quality NA options. Um, that excites me and uh, I wanna do whatever I can to kind of make um, that world more accessible for people. Uh, you know, for, I still kind of reserve, I, I feel like for me personally, I've done enough work to, you know, have the ability to have something, you know, a, a glass of wine if I so choose that you know, somebody, mm -hmm. um, you know, recommends to me because they really think I'm going to enjoy it or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm in kind of the wine business. So I, I do have a lot of access to um, some really cool stuff. And I will, you know, um, use that as an opportunity to really enjoy and appreciate those things. But, you know, what we were talking about earlier as well is, you know, being hungover is something that's so unattractive to me. Uh, you know, really being drunk is not something that's very attractive to me. Um, I think, you know, I want to enjoy, enjoy and appreciate, um, you know, something that's really well crafted, but uh, then also share that experience um, with, with the people around me. So that's kind of how I think about it now. Um, and for me, it, it's, it's definitely a kind of rare occasion thing versus, you know, I think in my past life, it was a, it's Friday night, let's go uh, kind of thing. Yeah, no question. Yeah, we, we talk about that too, how it's crazy that we were just never taught to question it. Like I, you're never really given the choice. Like, do I want to be someone that drinks every weekend? Like it's just sort of, you know, what everyone does and how you socialize and how you build your network and sometimes how you build your career, you know, going out and drinking with people. So 
um, it's awesome to to meet people like you and have these conversations and know that there's companies out there that have our wellness um, as their priority and are making it easier for everyone to live a happy, healthy life. So. Thank you. You're part of the solution, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. The solution we've been looking so, for. So are you both. Um, no, I, I really enjoy this. I, I love what, what y'all are doing and uh, uh, would, lo- would love to kind of stay in touch and continue to, to share share things we stumble upon in, in kind of this new NA world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and if, tell, um, tell everyone where we can find Shirley. Absolutely. So drinkshirley.com uh, is where you can shop with us online. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at drinkshirley. Uh, we are doing a lot of work right now to get into uh, different retailers. So Sprouts is actually bringing us into their wine set, uh, which is exciting starting in March. Nice. Congrats. Um, so uh, that's, like I said, the, the convenience part. We're trying to get into kind of more retailers, more bar menus, et cetera. So we've got a store locator Um kind of tab on our website. So go there, check out where we might be in your area. Um, and, and that's the best way to, to engage with us. Great. Love it. Well, thanks. Appreciate it, Ryan. Yeah, thank you so much for the yeah, time. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so good to meet you. All right, y'all. Have a good day.